Hello, everyone. My name is Brennan Mar. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. Welcome to a very special episode of The Guest Awakens. Or rather, The Guest Awakens. On page turners, they were not my Star Wars podcast. Returning to the show after, I think, a year and a half was the last time they joined me. It's the Cinefanatics. Robert and Chris Adams. Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for coming in. Hello, sir. Hey. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so good to see you guys on here. It's been a year and a half or two years or something. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Here. I feel like uh, I feel like we also just missed the opportunity just now to say hello there. Hello there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of course, Star Wars fans. We hang out on a fairly regular basis. Well, it's always good to have you guys on. Um, so, you know, it's been a while since you were on the show. But I did ask you our preliminary questions. So I think I'll throw a couple of new questions at you just to get going here. You guys don't mind. Um, so I'll start with you, Robert. Question number one. What do you think of Star Wars content at the moment? How are you feeling? Um, <laughs> so I like how Chris has already got like a weird, like little smirk because he knows, like, ah, oh, this is going to be weird. Um, for me, I feel like for a while there, it was just a whole lot of content. Man, they were just throwing like everything Star Wars. Filoni was just working overtime, cranking out like all these shows and like all this stuff to consume. And just it was too much for me. Um, thanks to Ahsoka, I've had to quickly cram in like all of the Clone Wars and mm. all of Rebels within like two and a half months or something like that, just to mm -hmm. quickly watch it. Um, so I feel like I could better understand Ahsoka when the show was coming out. Well, and yeah, that's true. That was a very good decision because <laughs> there's okay. so much about that show that I would not have been able to pick up on or understand or properly enjoy had I not watched those. Now, uh, have you yeah. ever seen Rebels before? I have not. Okay. No. Yeah, Rebels is my favorite of the Star Wars shows. And I think it really, I mean, it's incredible. And I'm glad to see this show kind of leapfrogging off of that. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly it is a lot of homework if you want to understand the all of it. And so I always wonder what the average viewer might think. But I, I'd say the show does a pretty good job of explaining it. But you're right. There's a lot to consider when you're as deep into star wars as we are i mean even still i haven't been able to go back i haven't watched any of the bad batch or andor mm -hmm. um i mean oh, for a while andor there is... i was no man yeah. andor is good for a while there i was able to just watch only the movies and i remember i watched the old like cartoon network clone wars mm -hmm. like way back in the day but apparently that's not yeah. yeah apparently that's not canon mm -hmm. anymore so Nice. Maybe. Uh Chris, how are you feeling right now with everything going on? I feel like I'm eating good at a buffet. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good feeling. way to put it. <laughs> I feel like uh when you've got someone as as talented and as like focused as Dave Filoni is, uh kind of 
mostly running the show. I mm-hmm. think that you get you get just really um, I'm gonna use the word again tightly focused uh, content. There's a lot yeah. of it, but it's all it's all very well uh, centered around the storylines that he wanted to tell that I feel like needed to be told as I'm watching it all unfold. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and one of the interesting things is that you said a buffet. Mm-hmm. So if you have Andor, which is completely different than all the other Star Wars shows, and rather you are in for a treat, it is so good. And then you have, you have kind of the Dave Filoni thirst, the Mando thirst, which is offering its own little like part to the buffet. Uh, and things like that. And then, of course, you have the books. Uh, the High Republic and all that stuff, which is really neat. So it's, 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 we're in a place now, if you see something and you don't like it, there's always somewhere else you can go in the buffet. Yeah, if you don't want the chicken, you can get the steak. You know, it's, well, steak in a buffet would be disgusting, but, <laughs> if, if, you know, if you don't want the salad, you can go get the, the jello you know you don't need to just eat the one thing and that's one of the advantages i think of having so much content it's my buffet would have steak with yes <laughs> yes um maybe brazilian barbecue is a better <laughs> there you, go. you can cut off what you want um but it really is extraordinary and you're right for a while there i mean we're getting, I mean, things back to back to back. And a little bit quieter now, and then, of course, because of the strike, which uh, right off the bat, I think we're all in agreement here. We support the right to fair pay Absolutely. across the board. It doesn't matter what discipline you work in. But with the strike going on, it might be a while before we get anything new. And um, well, just fine, because we can always go back and munch on what we do like. But it's really an extraordinary time to be a fan. So, um, a second question, real quick. Um, it's what's been your favorite show, animated or live action, so far? Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. Mm, I hate this question. <laughs> or rather, what's the one that you go back to the most? Oh man, I hate this question because my favorite is everything. Um, That's a good answer. That's a good answer. Uh, yeah, no, I like it. It's 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 like uh, you know, asking a parent pick your favorite child. Um, you know, because there's something I I enjoy about all of it. I think. I think um, I have to split up animation from live action, even though they are both uh, very, very good mediums for telling stories. And there are mm-hmm. things that animation can do that live action can't. There are things that live action can do that animation can't. Um, and it is it is worth taking in both mediums. Um, Clone Wars, I think, on the live action side, so, or not live action, <laughs> Clone Wars on the animation side. Wait, I gotta watch a live action Clone Wars also? Oh, ah, yes. So um, much I gotta consume. Uh Neighbor Guest Gun looks great in live action. Oh god. <laughs> I hate that character, but we won't go there. Uh that that's the one episode that you have to get through before you get to the good stuff. Uh, yes. I those yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's the episode that plays like right before Ahsoka leaves the Jedi order. Yeah, right? it's a slog. Yeah to get through those episodes yeah. yes 
yeah it's a uh, so yeah clone wars on that side just because um it's got so many seasons of excellent storytelling involving uh not just ahsoka but anakin mm-hmm. his relationship with obi-wan yeah. uh their relationship with the clones hu- essentially humanizing the clones which yes. is way yes. more than the movies ever did um that's very true they did so many good stories with the clones in clone wars that yeah i mean you know the arc. oh my word that yeah that whole arc with uh uh what was the jedi what was the uh pong crow uh, pong pong yeah Remind my brother, he's the uh, Dexter Jetster dude who uh, but the evil betrayed. One. Yeah, I think Dexter Jetster's evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but on the other side, let's see, live action. Uh, Ahsoka's rising the ranks very quickly. I can't say mm-hmm. it's my favorite yet because we have to watch the entire. You have to watch well, the entire. Well, this latest season. episode, oh my word! Yeah, this latest episode has so uh, good. Is doing a lot of work. Um, I, I gotta hand it to Mandalorian right now. Mandalorian has done so much great stuff, so much fun stuff. And like, I know there's a lot of people out there for some reason who are detractors of season three, but so oh, far the entire, mm-hmm. the, the entire show, um, uh, has been a hit for me all the way through. Yeah. I'll fight people in the season three thing. <laughs> and what's weird is that like with, as far as like the Andor stuff goes, um, mm-hmm. I wasn't with Andor in the first two episodes. I was like, okay, I'm not yeah, really it was on, a little on weird board. At the beginning. But as soon as that third episode hit and we started realizing that the episode the the show was going to play out in three episode arcs. Mm-hmm. And basically that third episode in each arc would felt like a season finale episode. That that really kind of cemented how amazing that show was and by the end I was Fully in. Yes, a lot of people weren't on board until that that Albany arc, which just you know, blew everybody away. Yeah, and um, I mean, you're right. It is a, it's definitely a slower start to all the shows, I think. But thankfully, that had twelve episodes, so yeah. it could it could stretch out. So, Robert, what's been your favorite of the shows so far? Um. I think like for a whole like show, I don't know if I can easily say. I know there's individual episodes from each show that have just been so good. There's oh, yeah. been episodes of Clone Wars that I've been like, okay, well, I'm gonna sit over here and play on my phone while Actually, they go do whatever. Me on. Yeah, and then there's some oh, that I've yeah. just been sit. I've sat here and just been glued to it. Like, yes. like I want more of this. Um, I'm trying to think of like episodes we, off the top of my head. Can I say like so basically I pretty much pushed him to watch these shows for a while and then of course Ahsoka really uh, did all the rest of the work trying to convince yeah. him to watch those two both uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. But I remember uh, going through Clone Wars and he's like yeah Clone Wars is great and then starting Rebels I was like okay you're going to have to uh you know, kind of push through the first season a little bit of Rebels okay. because these okay. are new characters. These, this is a new situation. You're not, you know, we're in a different place. We're in a different time, essentially. And I, I remember him specifically saying, uh, I don't know any of these characters in Rebels. I don't, why do I care about them? And then by the end, did you care about them by the end of the show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, to sort of go through it, I know that for me, 
Clone Wars, some of the best episodes of Clone Wars would be um, certainly the Ahsoka leaving the Order. Mm-hmm. Certainly the Order 66 arc in Season 7. Oof. Uh, certainly the all the stuff that Darth Maul and Mandalore and taking over Mandalore and things like that. Certainly the some of the you know, oddly enough, they were even able to make some of the Senate stuff interesting. Oh yeah. Which which is it's hard to do because you know it's a lot of bureaucracy sitting around trying to think and then of course Rebels Twilight of the Apprentice, which is the two part finale of season two. Yeah. With Ahsoka and Malachor. I mean that of course thrown getting thrown in there with the event and and the Vendu, one of my favorite characters, voiced yeah. by by uh, Tom Baker, one of the, the fourth Doctor Who. Yeah, what is that? And That's of course, the fourth all the Mandalorian arcs with Bo-Katan and Sabine, and he just extraordinary. And then of course. Um, Mandalorian, I mean, it can't go wrong there. And just on and on and on. I mean, we're, it's, it's, it's what we call an embarrassment of riches. And hopefully, Robert, when you watch Andor, you will also see how incredible that series is, I hope. Uh, my favorite is Rebels. But if I had to split it into animated and live action, live action would be Andor. Um, favorite, but as far as most fun, I mean, obviously it's a Mandalorian. <laughs> but Andor's a different kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, what we wanted to talk about is our main topic. It's our favorite moments, or some of our favorite moments. To be fans, not so much about the favorite moments in the stories, but the, the moments where we have really enjoyed ourselves as fandom in the real world. Um, so I'll start with you, Robert. What is one of your favorite things that you've ever done or experienced as a fan? Um, so mine, mine will always go to. Uh, when I was a kid collecting the toys, I think it was like during the nineties is where, uh, like I really started, uh, buying a lot of the like power of the force figures. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's what really helped my, or I, 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 and this, I also can speak for my brother on this cause he's also guilty of this, but that's where it really kind of helped inform us as to who these characters are specifically because they started making figures of every single little background character that's ever been in a star wars movie hey, do you do you remember who uh the bomar monk is you had to yeah. ship away for him you had to send in your box tops in order to get one yeah and of course you so, got a man, a man. <laughs> so because of that like i know that that wolf werewolf looking character in the cantina is lax Sivrak. yeah like i remember these names a outside defo. of a defo yeah 
So like I remember these names because of collecting the toys and that's what really helped cement like my knowledge of these characters in the show. The biggest moment in regards to that was when episode one came out um, and our local, I think it was Walmart, was having a some kind of like release party or something they were i think they were open like 24 hours but they were had a specific section in the toy section to open like at six or seven that morning and i remember uh our dad woke me up before school and said hey you want to go to walmart and get all those star wars figures before you go off to school and i was like yeah i do (laughs) so we went and we bought one of every single figure that was released at that time which was great until we realized that we're like four freaking different battle droids that you yeah. had to buy because yeah. they all had different like patterns of damage and yeah. whatever on them. So yeah, we bought like all those figures and I was so happy because like right out the gate, I had all the figures for episode one, even though I hadn't watched the movie yet. And yeah. I have no idea who these characters are. Yeah. <laughs> like Jar Jar, this boss. is a cool looking character. I can't wait to see how awesome this character is going to be on the big screen what's a boss nass boss nass also looks like an awesome character can't wait to see him like sitting there shooting and jumping and ducking and all over the screen <laughs> like yeah but yeah i mean uh, you know i never had the action figures but i certainly did do some collecting and i'll get to that in a minute so yeah that's a great way to connect with the fandom it's is buying all these things that, that I mean my room is decorated multiple Star Wars stuff. And a few other things. Um and it's just part of that collecting that's just magical in a way. Mm-hmm. Um it just adds to our own personal enjoyment of the franchise. Uh Chris, what is one of the your favorite things as far as being a fan that you've ever experienced uh so my favorite things is um you know generally right now like there's a couple things one is just how the conversation uh amongst people who just love star wars is just blown up over the over the years um especially in, in regards to like some of the newer shows and everything, being able to get online and find other people who are just as thrilled with Star Wars as much as as much as you are, are diving just as deep and are just as into all the uh, little details that pop up in shows, just as much as as you, and being able to essentially nerd out with with strangers over it. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's something uh, magical that Star Wars has been able to do, honestly, since it first came out. Because you go back and uh, you know I know none of us were alive when A New Hope uh, first came out into theaters uh, back in the seventies. And if you go back though, and you see like there's video footage that you can look at, you can see lines stretched out around the corner for star wars and that was before anyone had ever really experienced it all they saw was whatever movie trailer they could for star wars before yeah. being they able saw to go a trailer they heard ads for it yeah and seeing just that just brings so many people out just to go see the first movie before it came out and 
understanding that there's something, there's an aspect of Star Wars that's a great unifier. Um, and it, it brings people together. It brings people um, from all different walks of life, everybody finding uh, something different about Star Wars to uh, really enjoy and to connect with others on. And I think that's one of the big things for me that I really enjoy about it. Um, now, on a more personal note, I remember, I remember when I was a child watching, you know, four, five, six, watching, you know, A New Hope, mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and going, I love Star Wars. It's, these are good movies, and kind of thinking, cool, that's about it. You know, it's a, it's a trilogy like any other movie trilogy out there. It exists. You know, I know, I knew when I was younger. You know, there was books that kind of carried on the story a little bit past, but at that time, I was like. I like the movies. I'm not really, you know, I'm not really interested in doing any extra reading or anything. I think I'm, I'm fine with just this, but I think that all changed. Not that I, not that I still do any reading, honestly, like the star Wars books or something. I'm still, I still haven't dived into. Um, and generally speaking, I, I don't do a whole lot of reading in general. Um, but, uh, a lot of that changed my perspective on what star Wars could be and was when, in 1999 they came out with episode one and mm-hmm. said hey we're gonna tell the story of darth vader before he becomes darth vader and that's when i was like wait a minute this could be something star wars obviously by that point already was something it was a major cultural phenomenon even if it was just kept to basically a trilogy of movies mm-hmm. uh, by the time episode one came out i remember as a child going to the theater and being excited. I was like, wait, I, as a kid get to sit in a theater and experience a star Wars for the first time as a child, this like star Wars, star Wars has already been a part of my childhood because I've been able to watch the movies at home. Now I get to sit in a theater and watch a new star Wars movie for the first time. And I think episode one two and three really cemented their place in my mind as as kind of my star wars obviously again love the original trilogy will always love the original trilogy but i have an absolute love for the prequel trilogy um because that was the trilogy that i i really grew up with as a child that i got to go sit into a in a theater and watch each each episode and that that's something that i think will always stick with me it'll always mean something i remember seeing episode one i think we saw it I think my dad took me at least for a second time. I know we went to go see it, I think, as a family the first time. But I think uh, I remember him specifically just kind of taking me, hey, you want to go see episode one again? Absolutely, I do. It's Star Wars. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, you know, it's, I have to ask, how old were you when you episode one came out? Episode one came out. That was 99. Um, when did it come out? It came out in the summer, right? Yeah, May yeah. 19th, I think. May. Okay, so then I would have been ten. I think I would have been nine years old at that time because I would have been turning ten that August. Okay. And yeah. How old were you, Robert, when they came out? I would have been in '99. I would have been eighteen. Okay. I believe. All right. I, I was um, I was thirteen when Phantom Menace came out. I was just young enough. That I still have that nostalgic feeling. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, the stuff when you were a kid. But that feeling, oddly enough, only extends to Phantom Menace. Even though I love the prequels, it's just the nostalgia. 
only extends to Phantom Menace because I think that episode came out. You know, I was 16, so I was I was a little bit past the nostalgia era. But, you know, as far as having those feelings. Mm. Uh, Phantom Menace, I mean, I've watched again and again. I think I watched the VHS to death. Um, <laughs> you know, kids, we used to have them on cassette tapes, yes. What's that? Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, for me, one of my favorite memories of that time period, because I didn't do the action figures, but I did buy all the essential guide books, the essential chronology, the guide to droids, the guide to planets, the guide to species. So those like the EK books? Yeah. And I read those. I still have them. And I'm surprised they're not falling apart. So, uh, one of them is falling mm-hmm. apart. But, uh, and of course, the visual dictionaries. So the original trilogy and the Phantom Menace. I read the Phantom Menace visual dictionary so many times. <laughs> but it fell apart and we had to get a new one. So for me, it was the guidebooks. That's where I learned most things about Star Wars at the time. And also, speaking of collecting, micro-machines. That was my jam. I still have a whole bucket full of Star Wars and Star Trek micro-machines that now my nieces and nephews play with. So, I mean, that's really fun. And... um, those are just some very, very fond memories of my part of the collecting uh, as a fan. And and certainly those are some of my favorite memories to be a fan. Because like you guys, I was a fan of the original trilogy. You know, I watched them on DHS growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I didn't become like a like insane fan until probably after 1997. Because in 1997, when they re-released special the edition theaters, they released all new lines of toys. Mm-hmm. Power of the Force, they released um, video games like Shadows of the Empire. But there was just an explosion of Star Wars content that really put it back you know- into the spotlight. And I... But yeah, I was a collector of micro machines of books. You know what's interesting mm-hmm. is that uh, people give George Lucas a lot of flack for the special editions, or they did yeah. they did it before. I don't. I really don't yeah. hear much about it anymore because Star Wars has moved so far beyond that yeah. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but people gave so much flack to George Lucas for that. But if you go back and you look at it. Not only is George Lucas a genius creative storyteller, mm-hmm. he, I think, also understood on the business side, too, that Star Wars was already this big cultural phenomenon. If I kind of go back in and kind of play around with it, kind of do some other stuff that I really think actually makes more sense as far as the story, and then I turn around and say, like, hey, let's re-release these, one, the studios are going to be like, yeah, absolutely, let's re-release them. Star Wars is huge. That will always put butts in seats in theaters. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Uh, but two, look at like just the absolute explosion that happened from those. 
like Star Wars was already, you know, again, like I said before, Star Wars was already a, a big thing. People already knew about it. People already loved it. But then, yeah, in 1997, that's where I really think you had that major second wave of Star Wars just really start. And I think it was so smart of them and so smart of George Lucas to actually go back and do what he did. Yeah. Because that's really where I feel like the modern day um, explosion of love of Star Wars really actually did kick off was when those re-releases came out, followed up with, hey, we got a new trilogy coming out. Yeah. I mean, Star Wars was, in the late 80s, Star Wars was dead. Yeah. And hey, that's that's Caravan of Courage and uh, Battle for Endor well, erasure Star right Wars there. Battle Endor came out in 1985, <laughs> so between 1985 and 1990, there basically was no Star Wars content. At all. Between 85 and 90, and 91, actually. There wasn't any comics anymore. There weren't any shows or movies after that point. The only thing during that time was Star Wars the role-playing game. Which, of course, later evolved into Knights of the Old Republic, which is one of, I think, the, the highlights of fandom. Um, but that was really the only thing there. And then, right now, I'm rereading the Timothy Zahn Throne trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's probably the fourth time that he's talked about how he gets a phone call, like, in 1989, saying, we have a very interesting offer for you. That was how they said it. And then, of course, there were the books in the early 90s. But until 97, when we had... In 97, there was the re-release. There was Shadows of the Empire on the N64. Shadows uh, of the Empire was huge because it had yes. like a comic, a book, a video game, a soundtrack. There yes, was a soundtrack to the, to the I book. I listened to the soundtrack all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like so that was just so weird that like there was this all of a sudden this out of left field star wars property that i feel like was really like just testing the waters could the star wars fandom actually accept a a new story that is shoved into the story that we already know since shadows of the empire takes place between uh yeah. empire and return of the jedi like, yeah. can we accept this being a story? And the fandom actually loved it. Uh, the book, I actually read the book. So I don't remember too much from it, but I do remember reading the book and liking um, it. So, To those listening who have not gotten a chance, go and listen to the soundtrack by Joel McNeely. It is an extraordinary uh, piece of music. That fits right in, I think, with Star Wars. And... Um, and then, of course, the, the re-release and everything just exploded. Now, I've been able to see all 12 Star Wars films in the theater. I'm very happy about that. But, uh, that that's probably my, the second one I want to talk about. favorite memory of being a fan is seeing the re-release. Mm-hmm. In 97, I still remember waiting in line. I still have a very distinct memory. Well, I would have been 11. But I still remember standing in line for Empire and then there being in the theater watching Return of the Jedi. I, and the, the memories are, are there. They're kind of all faded. But I did get to go see all three. We saw them at the biggest theater uh, nearby, which are no longer there. 
which uh, have been torn down, but the old Winchester domes, uh, which is also where I saw Fellowship of the Ring, oddly enough, and, and the Avengers. And so I've seen quite a few films there. But that's where we went and saw them. Um, you know, it really was quite an experience to get to experience it on the big screen. And I still remember, I have a very distinct memory of going to the theater to see Space Jam in 1996. And then they showed the trailer for the special edition re-release. Yeah, if you remember that one, it's like for many years, people have only been able to experience Star Wars on the TV screen. Yeah. Oh, was that the one where it, like it pulls back from a TV screen no, the and then it just plays out of the TV? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you'd seen it on the small screen, you haven't seen it at all. There. Yeah. You know, and that was great. And and I remember that. And then going to see that over uh, President's Day week, I think, ninety-seven. So February. And that experience of getting to see those films. Plus the fact that I've seen all the other Star Wars films, including the Clone Wars, in the theater. It's pretty extraordinary because even though we've got a lot of fans, not a lot of fans have actually gotten to see all of them in the theater. Uh, so that's another, you know, one of my favorite memories and moments of being a fan and seeing the original trilogy on the big screen, cleaned up their modern presentation. And, you know, with all the changes George Lucas made, I didn't mind. At the time, I have a few that I'm not particularly fond of. But one thing I did notice, which I think is interesting, the Battle of Endor in Return of the Jedi, he did not touch at all, except cleaned it up, you know. Yeah, the digital remastering. He did not fiddle with the visual effects of the battle. Because I think that they were able to do what he hoped they could do. But of course, the birth of ILM because of Star Wars. It's not like that, but getting to experience all that on the big screen uh, is one of my favorite moments of being a fan. Uh, Chris, do you have another moment that you really were being a fan? One of your great moments of being a fan. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, outside of the ones that I mentioned, um, yeah, I think just to kind of expound a little bit more on what I said before, just being able to, um, in today's day and age, now bringing it bringing it modern. Like, obviously, you know, loving Star Wars growing up, loving you know prequel trilogy, all that. Uh, being able to just kind of experience that that connection with people in today's day and age. You know, I want to go to a Star Wars convention. I want to go to um, all sorts of stuff. I do remember, I, I will bring this up too as actually a, uh, a piece. I don't know if this is a story my brother wanted to tell or not because it's one that we both experienced as well. Um, when I was I younger, thought about it, but go ahead. <laughs> you, are, you already know where I'm going. I already know where you're going, yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, because I, I said convention, so that kind of brings brings to light something that we went to where we uh, we, we were able to actually meet some people from Star Wars, and mm. that was a uh, that was a pretty cool situation. 
Um, I think if I were a little bit older, I would have appreciated a little bit more. But even as a as a kid, I think I still recognized what was going on and why it was why it was so cool. Who do we meet? I know we met. Obviously, the big one was Ray Park. Uh, mm. We got to meet. We got to meet nice. Ray Park and nice. uh, like, hey, this is the guy who played at that time. It was like this is this is the guy who played Darth Maul and Toad from X Men. That's crazy. Yeah, Toad. Uh, um, we met him. We met. Was it was it a uh, General Motti? Is that his name? A- Admiral Admiral Motti. Admiral Motti. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, R- R- Richard Lee Palmiente. Palmiente. Mm-hmm. Richard Palmiente. Yeah. 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 Got to meet him. Oh, that's awesome. We got to meet him, and then we he met... He was also the... in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, by the way. Mm-hmm. He was also and... in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which is cool. And we also, uh, we also met the actor who portrayed Nian Nub. Mike Quinn. Oh, wow. Mike Quinn, yeah. yeah. He, was, uh, he was a bunch of different people. He was uh, primarily Nian Nub, um, but I know he was like other... He was a puppeteer. So he also did like other puppets, like the was it the baby Wookie or not baby Wookie the baby Ewok that they oh, yeah, the he was the oh, yeah he was a hand puppet for that but yeah I'm yeah this was a else. this is basically like a, a big toy convention that they were kind of just uh, showing up and, and nice. taking pictures and, oh, that's and really cool signing autographs at so it was really cool to be able to show up show up and uh, meet them. I forgot his name, but there was also the guy who played the Klingon Martok in Star Trek. David Warner. You got to meet David Warner. No, not David Warner. Was it Martok? I can't oh, remember what Mart- his name is. No, Martok is J.J. Uh, Herzler. Yes, I think it was him. Okay. Yes. Well, you got yes. to meet him? We got oh to meet God, him. Cool. And what's funny is at the time I was collecting uh, like all these action figures, which I mean, I guess I still kind of do every once in a while. Um, but I was collecting action figures and I was a fan of Toy Fair magazine, which was an uh, mm-hmm. offshoot of Wizard, the guide yeah. to comics. And they did a thing in there where if you were a fan of Toy Fair, you were able to show off your fandom in some way. They would put a pit your picture in the magazine and write like a little blurb about you. Well, we went to this convention and I had like all these celebrities that were meeting posing with a Toy Fair magazine, taking their picture and then we would submit that to Toy Fair to see if I could get in the magazine. So we had a picture of like Ray Park holding a Toy Fair magazine and all these other people. They took the one of GG Metzler, JG Hertzler. Her, her, yeah they posted that one in their magazine and put my name like with uh i got to meet this klingon guy and he's holding a copy of toy fair and i'm like out of all the ones i sent in this is the one that you chose you didn't go with ray park who's darth maul and toad y'all went with the random klingon number five or whatever <laughs> like, <you. laughs> I, sorry i don't i don't know like the klingon hierarchy of how how important he actually was but Very i love the klingons of star wars saying. <laughs> the Klingons and Star well, Wars. And yeah. Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Martok is very important. So, okay, yeah, yeah I, 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 I didn't know <laughs> exactly. I who really was. enjoyed meeting him. That's really cool. Um, and then rather, what's um another moment you have that where you really a great moment of being a fan, really. His brother sitting there watching him watch Rebels with the eye like, you better react right. You better react right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so during the rewatch of uh, Clone Wars and Rebels, there was definitely some of these where Chris is like, 
So which episode are you on? Let me see what yeah. episodes do you have coming up. I want to watch this one, this one, and this one with you just because I want to see your reaction and stuff. So <laughs> there would be like a couple episodes. I'd be sitting here watching and he'd be sitting like right on, on the bed next to me, just watching them with me. And then by the time we got to like Rebels, he was just pretty much rewatching the entire Rebels series mm-hmm. with me. I think I skipped over like most of the first season with you because I'd already just rewatched Rebels myself for the preparation before Ahsoka. Interesting you mentioned season one. I don't know if you had this reaction, Robert, but I I liked it in the beginning. A lot of people were like, yeah, it's okay. Some people were like, yeah, it's all right. It's it's okay, whatever. When Tarkin shows up. Mm Mm-hmm. In the third yeah. last episode is when a lot of people who weren't on board were on board, especially when he had the Grand Inquisitor, you mm-hmm. know, Moresco and Grant. Um, yep. What was your thoughts on that, Robert? Was that the moment that, like, sucked you in or not really? I think that might have been, like, a part of it. And, I, like, the obvious reason i think that people don't connect to rebels right at the beginning is because yeah it's a bunch of characters we don't know who they are we don't actually care who they are like and the animation it, is very you know kid oriented the animation could be very jarring especially because it's not quite the same animation from clone wars yeah, which clone wars is like very very harsh lines kind of thing yeah um here's the like i like the stylistic choice of the animation but i have a feeling like it's one of those that i don't think the animation is going to hold up very well and it is going to end up Maybe eventually not. being like a product of its time type of thing but i think they yeah, made it that way disney xd cartoon yeah. yeah they but i think they did it that way on purpose just like uh when you're watching when you watch anything star wars now uh even up to episodes of ahsoka and stuff whenever they're doing there's things they did in the original trilogy that they still do here uh best example i could think of was in like rebels whenever like they're fighting stormtroopers stormtroopers are setting their guns to stun they still have that same look and sound of like the 1970s Mm-hmm. weapons they kept that aesthetic and the sound from those to anything with star wars and i love the attention to detail that they're still keeping it like that even though we have much better technology we can make these things look and sound so much better and they do they tweak it a little but it still has at its roots well, that that original trilogy that, feeling that's one of the things about like Rogue one and andor so other shows, even though you know we're making these nowadays, they have a '70s look and feel to them, mm-hmm. which I think is really neat. Um, particularly if they take place during that time. Um, but yeah, I mean the animation can be a little jarring. It's true. I remember when the Clone Wars movie came out, and that thing got lacerated by the critics. I mean. I mean, their reviews of the prequels were many times better than their reviews of the Clone Wars Oof. <laughs> and I think that the one of the reasons, I mean, for example, Phantom Menace has or had a 54 on Rotten Tomatoes. Clone Wars had like an 18, you know, as in, you know, but looking back at that, it seems a little uh, unfair, but I think what was so jarring for people 
And this is probably why a lot of people didn't get into the show until later. Well, the animation's kind of rough at the beginning of Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very stiff. It's very um. It looks like you know the Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer stop motion thing just just animated, and um, I could see why a lot of people like started the show and then went or saw the movie and went no I know, and then later when it got put on Netflix, that's when everybody went and binged it. Um, but yeah, I mean, and the same thing with Rebels, where the animation could take a little getting used to. But a lot of people have the experience of they started Rebels, they're like, yeah, it's okay. I'll watch it with my kids, no big deal. Parkin shows up, and those two guys get beheaded. And everybody goes, okay, I see what they're doing here. Yep. And, and that's another moment where the moment of being a fan. It's getting to experience with everybody else that sense of if it's, oh, we just thought it was a kid show. It's like, nah, -uh, no, no. And, and getting to experience as it evolved with Thrawn, the Bendu, with some of the more like brutal, more brutal parts of the story, um, like with Kanan and stuff like that. And Giving to understand that this isn't just fun and games. Yeah. This is this is Star Wars. And um and that was really a great thing to experience. Um so I guess I'll ask uh what was a moment uh I'll start with you, Robert, a moment in one of the shows where you got you something happened and every fan went, oh my gosh, did you see that? Uh, do you have any particular moments like that where you were happy to experience that community of, oh my gosh, did you see that? I could tell you one where it's the exact opposite. <laughs> well, that happens too, but if you want to share it, sure. Yeah, so the big one, so again, I had just, I just crammed Clone Wars and Rebels two and a half months before Ahsoka started. Yep. So I I have already watched Mandalorian. Uh, the big one was the yeah, yeah. the finale of season one of Mandalorian, where <laughs> yeah you yeah you know which one I'm talking about where uh, the dark saber is revealed. Yeah, where he pops the dark saber, and I see everyone on Twitter like, oh, it's the dark saber! Holy crap, this is awesome! Yes, the dark saber, and I'm like the heck is the dark saber i don't know what this is it's a black lightsaber this is cool yeah, looking sure. to my parents it was pretty funny yeah and i had no idea what it was had i watched clone wars and rebels or whatnot before mandalorian i like i i understand now having watched all that the importance of the dark saber and how cool it is for that to pop up but like it was complete the whole awesomeness of uh of gideon popping the dark saber completely lost on me like oh, a, okay he, he's got a black lightsaber awesome it's an ex good example it's a good good example of how, how uh two very different reactions can exist in the same household at the same time yes yeah yes because um... moff gideon pops out with the dark saber i'm like no way how does he have that hold up wait a minute because i'm like last person i remember having that was was Sabine? Well, at this at that point, it would have been Sabine. Oh, yeah. I don't, 
I, I, yeah, I think I'd seen, yeah, I'd seen Rebels by the time that came out. Yeah. So yeah, then last time I given it to Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. Yeah, it would have been Bo-Katan having it. Um, and then we know the story, which is really yeah. cool. Um, you know, which reminds me, well, Chris, I'd actually like to know, you, what is a moment where you were happy to be part of the the, the overall fan experience of one particular moment? Last night. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well yeah. I mean, I mean, the, the, moments like that that make me happy to be a fan. Yeah. So yeah. this, the so we're doing this. Last night was episode four of Ahsoka that yep. left off on that little moment that we're all like, oh, and gotta wait a week. Episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh oh. I mean, the, so moments like that that have existed in the most recent shows, I think, are all moments that I'm super glad to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of it. You know, you have you have that moment. You have. I think almost every episode of Ahsoka so far has had just some kind of a moment that everyone's kind of really talking about on on Twitter. We, we all way. turn into Leo pointing at the screen. We all turn into yeah. Like, oh my gosh, it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, that thing. It's they. They said the thing, or they. That's the thing. They said it. They did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also like kind of every every show that's come out recently i mean obi-wan obviously had its fair share of moments that i was like yes 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 that that fight between obi-wan and vader that we knew yes. had to happen yes was such a good moment especially when uh, obi-wan you didn't did kill anakin i did i mean what yeah. A moment. yeah yeah when obi-wan uh Obi- and the way that the lighting his mask, plays the and the way that the sound plays oh my gosh yeah, and the same the he, way he opens up his, his mask the same way Ahsoka did in Rebels, yeah. and I was like, oh my gosh, it's a it's a callback to Rebels basically, and uh, you know that moment, um, you know, you go back further. I mean, again, like the stuff with Mandalorian when they started diving more into the actual Mandalorian, you know, the history of the Mandalorian stuff with Bo Katan. You know, when when we knew that Bo-Katan was gonna show up, when I was like, Cobb Vance suddenly shows up. Cobb Vance showing up. Uh, Cad Bane. Cad Bane was yes. a big one. Yeah. Cad Bane showing uh, up. Black Chrysanthemum uh, in the Boba Fett series. Mm-hmm. Like like all of these all of these moments, and I see. So let me let me get on a tiny little soapbox here. Um, I see so many Please people. <laughs> I see so many people talk about like. Oh, it's just another fan service moment. It's just another fan service moment. And in my mind, I'm like, I understand why you see it that way. It's because you're not dived fully into the story that is Star Wars. Star Wars is something special. This isn't just a character popping up because, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we put this character in this thing? Mm-hmm. No, it's these characters... pretty much have a life of their own they're living they're breathing they're existing they're going to all these different places we're watching stories that involve them because the stories need to involve them because the stories they're telling do involve them they're not fans there's most like like uh cad bane showing up in book of boba fett it makes sense for cad bane to be there is it fan service sure but it's a bad word no (laughs) no it makes sense for cad bane because the story between boba fett and cad bane it makes sense for Cad Bane to be there. Um, so th- these things that I've seen online where it's 
where you know even regarding the episode of Soak last night oh more fan service star wars yeah. is just all fan service now it's like no it is a story about these characters it is a story focused on these characters it it's it's their interactions we needed to see what's going on in ahsoka right now because of the importance of these characters and their relationship to each other it is important mm-hmm. for us to see ahsoka connect with you know some of these other characters because of her relationship to them and what that could mean you know going forward for her story it's going to do something that we don't know about yet for her story and like all of these little moments i'm just so excited to see so whenever i see someone complain about fan service in star wars now my mind just goes to they're just not you know i don't want to sound like a, a gatekeeper in any way but they're just not on the same level they're of not invested enjoyment. they're not um, exactly they're not invested would say they're not engaging with the story yeah and you know i mean if it doesn't work for you then it doesn't work for you but sure but i mean allow the rest of us who do enjoy it to enjoy it without saying oh they're just a bunch of fan service well there isn't service yeah of course it is but speaking of fan service there wouldn't be more star wars if there wasn't such a thing as fan service so i mean yeah it's all there um Star Wars and I 100% is, agree with what you what you have said. Yes, Star Wars is something special. Like Star Wars, like I understand when when people have those opinions sometimes about other things, but I feel like Star Wars lives and breathes. It's it is something very specific and very unique in the landscape of movies, TV, books, comics, games, yeah. all all of entertainment. It's something very unique in which um, a lot of what it does in other in other you know movies and other tv shows and other in other things might be a little too much but for star wars it just works star yeah, wars sort of is star special. wars and the mcu are really the only ones that can get away with that I think. yeah it's because they've built it up and they've earned it they've earned it that's exactly it that's exactly the word and i mean certainly you've I... come to the right podcast i mean we are the we are the don't you dare insult my stuff i like <laughs> I'll even go well, so not far. Not so as... insulting, but we're, we're the we're the don't you dare use fan service as a bad word, right? I'll like I'll even go so far as like how excited I was to see Clancy Brown playing the yes. live action writer. Like yes. it's just something so small. And yes, yes I, I I'm a Clancy Brown fan because my favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption. Well, yeah, but I mean, as it should be, it's an incredible movie. But he's a great actor. And then to see that like the character of writer in Rebels was drawn or animated to look like him. Yeah, and then they actually guy, used him in the tall, TV show. Broad shouldered guy, yeah. Yeah, I was so like that, that was, was really cool. my <gasps> that was a, a great moment of that's mm-hmm. neat. And then also when he said that the senator is Jai Kel. Yeah, yeah. Which, oh, that's a neat little little detail. So yes, um, is it is it fan service? Yes, but yeah. would it have meant so much to so many people had they not done that? That's I think that's just one of those little details that they throw in. Yes, it could be considered fan service, but I think it's welcomed so, fan service. And I think again, that's what continues. Like, he looks like the animated character, so it's mm-hmm. you know. my my thing on that is that people people 
have used the term that or used used the phrase that it is uh closing in star wars it's making star wars smaller essentially but in my opinion the fact that these characters come back and they continue existing they continue breathing they continue living and having stories that just keeps star wars wide open, open because anyone can show up at any time come from anywhere and have a whole new yeah. set of stories coming along with them too i mean we we see that a sabine is a circus apprentice yeah and this gives us room to give us a book or a comic or or a show to fill in those years that we didn't have. Or uh, what's his name um, that rescued uh, Grogu from the Jedi Temple that was played by Ahmed yeah, Best? Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Keller and Vic. Keller and yeah. Vic. No, no idea who he was, but as soon as I saw him, I was like, hey, it's uh, Jar Jar. It's yeah. Ahmed Best. Yeah, Interesting. And, then little... there's this, and there's this and whole if new... If you don't know... Story. If you don't know, then it's fine. Yeah, but it's but nice that know, it opens that world. Cool. Yeah, because it's like, where do they go next? What's Keller and Beck's story? Does he survive Order 66? You know, all that stuff. Yeah, because as you say, I think it just gets bigger because mm-hmm. then it creates these rooms of more stories. For example, Luke says to Obi-Wan, you fought in the Clone Wars? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 Star Wars has been built this way from day one. It came into the middle of the story, giving us these little references. It's like, oh, what does that mean? Or what does that mean? Or what does that mean? And and then they could start filling that in. Um, and to me, when these characters cross paths with each other, you know, when Luke shows up to get Grogu at the end of Mandalorian season two. There's a reason for it. It's not just meaningless, uh, meaningless nostalgia or fan service. Um, there's a reason for it, and not to get too off topic, but some of the people who had bashed on Star Wars with fan service and nostalgia are the same people who absolutely loved Picard season three, as they should. Picard season three is excellent. <laughs> However, the amount of fan service and nostalgia in that series far outweighed what they do in Star Wars. I mean, every corner was some piece of fan service, and I'm like, why do you guys give Kathleen Kennedy and Dave Filoni so much crap for fan service, and yet you go and gobble it up on on Picard? Yeah. It's terribly unfair, if you ask me. So to get off my soapbox... Listen... There's there's a reason fan service exists. That reason is how much I was tearing up last night on yes. that episode of Ahsoka. That's why yes. it exists. Yes. Um, the next real moment for me was going to Star Wars Celebration last year. Oh, I want to go. That was an extraordinary event to be a fan. You know, we hear all this anger and vitriol online. When you go to Star Wars Celebration, all you feel is love. All you feel is love. All you feel is joy to be a fan. You get to meet other fans. I got to meet Thomas Harper, my counterpart in the in the uh, MCU. Or in MCU. MTS. Oops. <laughs> I got to meet Lauren Romo, our friend Lauren. Got to meet Ken, jo- Ken and Nassau and Joseph Scrimshaw. Mm-hmm. Got to meet Alex and Molly Damon. I mean, it was extraordinary. Got to see Kristen Bather. I didn't get to meet her, but but I did see her from a distance. Um, got to be in the room when they brought out uh, Hayden and Ewan. 
Oh, that's going cool. to be it was almost a stampede, and I, my mom had to hold on to my nephew so I didn't get run over. <laughs> the fans running left to right, you know, and I got to meet, um, I got a photo op with Giancarlo Esposito, which is up on my wall. Uh, a photo op with Katie Sackhoff, which is up on her wall, which, um, I won't take the time to tell it, but it was, I got it accidentally with Katie. I wasn't supposed to, but they were okay with letting me keep it. Because I went in the wrong line. It's it's a long story. But and I told them, oh, I, I accidentally went in the wrong line. They're like, whatever. And then I got to meet and talk to Sam Whitworth. Ooh, like he signed, I had him sign a picture of, of Darth Maul and Obi-Wan's final duel on Tatooine. Mm. Which rather, now that you've seen Rebels, I mean, what a moment. What a way to end. Yeah. The end, it's like, I thought it was going to end with a bang. But at first, I was like, nah, they should have ended it bigger. But the more I thought about it, the more I went, no, that was absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. I got there and didn't sign a picture of that scene. We were talking last night uh, since uh, the Night Sisters are effectively being brought back in Ahsoka in some yes, form. I was like, true. What if they resurrect Darth Maul? And Chris was like, "Just leave Darth Maul dead. Just nope, he, nope, he had such a good arc. Leave him alone now. Do not bring him back anymore." Now we're gonna find out what Lady Kira did to it. That's what we gotta find out. Yeah, okay. that's the only th- that's the only story that I can still see doing something with Maul is whatever continuation from Solo. Yeah, and uh, so getting to go and do that was really fun. Um, and they only have still one slave land. Thank goodness there weren't a bazillion of them. I'm like, now that there's more costumes that women can dress in. It was really cold in the uh, the convention center. Yeah, so. I'm like, what is she doing wearing that? <laughs> um, so I got to go to that. That was extraordinary. Um, to be a fan, to be surrounded by so much love. To get to, you know, uh, just get to meet some celebrities and get to see all the stuff they had set up and just so cool. We got lost in the convention center. Long story. But um, that was great. And also when we were down there to go to Celebration, I went and saw Mark Riley's Star Wars in 30. Uh, where Mark Riley and a couple of his friends do Star Wars in 30 minutes. They do the whole trilogy really fast. So I got to meet Mark. Got to meet his fiance Julia. Now, of course, they're being married and expecting a title one, which is public knowledge, so I'm not revealing anything. <laughs> uh, got to meet him, got to see that, got to take my nephew to that. And neither mom and my dad and my nine year old nephew got to go to Star Wars uh, Celebration and then got to go see Star Wars in 30. So, hopefully, he's going to have some great memories for the rest of his life. Of getting to experience that kind of stuff. Um, and those are some extraordinary moments to be a fan. And I'll I'll say one more and then I'll let you guys share yours. But me, my greatest moment as a fan. This might be controversial to some people listening. Was seeing the rise of Skywalker in theater. I'll tell you why. I've never been so emotionally moved 
with joy in a movie theater in my entire life. And I still think it might be the best movie theater experience I've ever had. The movie ends, and I am sobbing with joy. <laughs> and my friend's sitting next to me. He's like, what do you think? Like, give me a minute. I'm going to scale. I'm sobbing. It, it was an extraordinary experience. Because of just how moving I found the movie to be. Uh, and how much I think it really brought Star Wars all together. And I know that it doesn't work for everybody, and that's fine. But what I experienced, I can't deny what I experienced. And I still feel that same joy every time I go back to the movie. And it just was an extraordinary experience. Being in the theater, I've seen the movie on opening day. One of the most extraordinary experiences of being a fan. It is my most extraordinary experience of being a fan and my one of my greatest probably my greatest experience in a movie theater so do you guys have any other experiences where you were fans and you were just so joy of joy to be fans uh robert I know, like, the sitting in the theater and having that theater experience, I would say, mm -hmm. unfortunately, wasn't with Star Wars. Uh, I would say it's probably like Avengers Endgame when oh, yeah. oh, Captain yeah. America picks up Mjolnir or we see him holding Mjolnir and then mm -hmm. him shouting the uh, Avengers assemble. That was when the whole theater just shouted opening yes. night. And we're all like, yes! Like, that was my, like, yes, this is awesome. I've got chills. And, um... As far as Star Wars, yeah, I think probably probably the big one would be for me was getting to see episode one in the theater because that was the first time I had gotten to see a Star Wars movie I that I haven't already seen. Like when the special editions came out, yes, I hadn't watched four, five, and six in a theater, but I have I seen four, goosebumps. five, and six. But uh, like it did goosebumps watching Phantom Minutes when the Star Wars logo booms onto the screen. Yeah, I I I didn't have that that all inspiring feeling watching the special editions because I had already seen those movies. It's just yeah. it's the same movie just on a bigger screen. Yeah, but Episode One I had never seen. I was experiencing that in a room with a bunch of people who have never seen this movie who don't know anything about this movie. And at that time, getting to hear the fanfare and the, the Star Wars logo, the opening crawl, reading a brand new opening crawl for the very first time, that was that's what's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could say, like, I, I was one of the ones that bought the ticket to uh, Meet Joe Black just to see the episode one trailer, mm. but I still haven't seen Meet Joe Black. Yet, you know, so, and I didn't do that. I don't remember specifically seeing Phantom Menace the first time. But I do remember where I was when I saw the trailer of the Phantoms. I was seeing a bug's like with my Star Wars troop. But on the ride back home, this is at night, I was pretending I was flying a spaceship. Yeah, I had gotten so sucked into it, but I do remember being in the theater when Duel of the Fates started. Getting to see that scene, in my opinion, that might be not only the best music of all of Star Wars, 
that might be one of the best scenes in all of Star Wars. Yep. Um, but yeah, getting to experience that was extraordinary. So, Chris, what's another moment that you really, I think, maybe is your number one or near your top of favorite moment to be a fan? Um, I think just the it, it's it's hard to get off of the uh, just just like you said the this the spoil of riches the the buffet that we get now just mm-hmm. being able to constantly um, have something new to look forward to um, you know it might be a lot for some people but you know for me it's the I love I love the joy of being able to sit down from week to week and have some some new Star Wars something to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think that that honestly by, might be my number one moment right now, just because, um, you know, when going back when I you know first watched Clone Wars for myself, when I first watched Rebels, catching up, you know when I was catching up, I think a lot of other people had already watched all the way through. Um, Clone Wars. So interesting thing. I'm kind of all over the place with this thought, but Clone Wars, I had watched Clone Wars all the way through uh, before the announcement of the final season. So when I saw, when they released the, uh, that, that trailer essentially for the final season, with Mm -hmm. you know, all the clone masks and everything there and, you know, you got to see Anakin and Ahsoka meet again after all these all these yep. years. Yeah, um, it's been a while. That that hit me just right because I was like, oh my gosh, they're actually going to finish the Clone Wars story. That's great. You know, you have that being able to watch Clone Wars every night. You know, you have Rebels being able to watch Rebels every night, and you have, you know, the newer shows, Mandalorian, uh, Andor, you know, um, uh, Obi Wan. Now Ahsoka, all of these shows, uh, Bad Batch. Bad Batch yeah. is another was yeah. has been another good one to to catch up with too. Mantis mm, um, on Wayland, oh boy. Yeah, all all of all of these shows. Being able to have something new to watch every single night has or every single week has been um, just probably the greatest part. And it's like, here's the thing, I I love the Star Wars movies. I think Star Wars is thriving so much on TV. I would agree. I do, I do I think agree. that, you know, I would love to see another Star Wars movie again. Uh, and I, I am absolutely on, like, the edge of my seat, thrilled and waiting for the uh, new Jedi Order Ray movie and what they want to yes. do with that. I'm excited yes. for that. Yes. Uh, I'm excited for what Dave Filoni is. Yeah, I'm excited for what uh, Dave Filoni is going to do with his with his uh, movie and where kind of all these storylines right now that he's created on TV are going oh, to yeah. end up going. They're where they're leading. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I am I am thrilled with where Star Wars is at right now on TV, and I am perfectly content with what we are getting at the moment. Um, so if they want to take a minute and you know really take their time on whatever the next movie is by all means, I feel like they absolutely should, but yep. I'm in are. no hurry <laughs> and they are, 
Yeah, they are. <laughs> I'm in I'm in no rush to say like, hey, we need to get a movie into theaters next year. No, that's fine. Yeah. Take your take your time on that because we're like I said before at the beginning of this, we're eating good right now on TV. So yeah. I agree. Like, I agree. All, um, all this, it's just a good time right now to be a Star Wars. It is. Fan. And you're right. I mean, TV, I mean, George Lucas had always kind of imagined doing a Star Wars TV show. Um, mm-hmm. Underworld or whatever it was going to be called, and, it, and he never made it. But he was definitely right. George Lucas is a man who in many ways is kind of a visionary. Not just on visual storytelling, but in terms of where technology is going, where the taste of audiences is going. He was seeing Star Wars would be great on TV. Before reading that, he thought that would be possible. Yeah. Uh, and things like that. So it's great that we're getting to see the fulfillment of that goal. And you know, being a fan, Getting to experience these things as a fan, whether it's going to celebration or watching new shows, or going to the theater and seeing a new movie, or reading a book, or maybe the best thing, getting to hang out with guys like you, guys like our four center friends, guys like Nerd Herder Podcast, Triad of the Forest, Radio Rebellion. Galactic podcast. I mean, getting to hang out with people who all enjoy Star Wars is one of life's, I think, greatest joys. And that really is an extraordinary moment to be a fan, to be part of a community of fans. So, uh, any final words before we depart? Uh, what does Star Wars mean to you guys right now, Chris? Well, I'll say like one last moment that I think came to, to came to mind that it was good to be a fan was uh, getting to experience the animatronic Hondo Onaka at Smuggler's Run yes. at Disney. I think that is a, a brilliant thing. Uh, yes, and... I forgot to mention that. I did get to go to Galaxy's Edge uh, four years ago, so... Yeah, that's uh, you know, I'm I'm patiently awaiting our uh, first live action appearance of Hondo in a show. I think it will happen eventually at some point. I'm sure. Um, I'm I'm eagerly anticipating that. Um, Can you imagine him interacting with Grogu? That would be something. <laughs> what is this little Jedi? <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, Star Wars to me, Star Wars is just I don't know. It's it is a great uh, example of just fantastic storytelling, not only just in the, you know, the very basic good versus evil, but it really does a good job of exploring all the blurred lines between and how people treat and feel about those situations from honestly from different walks of life. I mean, Star Wars itself has a very different kind of class system than reality does. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, you've got Jedis and, and, you know, your politicians are separate. You've got, you know, uh, all, all kinds of, you know, smugglers, bounty hunters, all, all this kind of stuff, Mandalorians, like all, all of them. Um, but they still all represent very real 
uh, even if they're even if they're not human, they all represent very real human uh, feelings, emotions, and kind of they they just they represent. Star Wars is is a very good representation of humanity in general and how relatable stories can be, even if it is in a galaxy far, far away and you know a long, long time ago. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, okay. Star Wars is Star Wars just it, it's just constantly a good place to run off to. It's a good. It's at its best. It's such a wonderful escape to be able to go into a well developed universe that already exists get out of the one that we're currently in and hang out with characters who we know and love and have uh, gotten to know over many shows, movies, and other, other mediums. And um, it's just, I think, I think it's one of those things that will just always stand the test of time. I don't think Star Wars is going to go anywhere anytime soon. And I think that's, that's just, it's just great. I 100% agree, Robert. Any final thoughts? I mean, he said them. It's it's really good escapism, fantasy. Uh, just I like the different aspects. Kind of like what he was touching upon that. No matter what you're interested in, as far as storytelling, there's a part of Star Wars that can that can do it for you. Basically, whether it's you want to go back with like the Obi Wan Kenobi show and you want to find out more about the relationship between Obi-Wan and Vader, Anakin, there's that storyline. Or if you want to go like with the Rebels TV show and you're specifically talking about the rebellion and the gearing up to have a rebellion, or you could go into episodes of the Clone Wars that dealt with like the Night Sisters and there's this whole like mystic magic side to it at all. There's different pieces of these grander the grander star Wars lore that you could easily find your way into and could grow from there. If you really are into witches and stuff, the night sisters episodes and stuff might be for you. And then you get into like Darth Maul and everything involving Darth Maul. Now all of a sudden you find yourself a fan of like the grander star Wars. Like, so I I like that. There's just little things that can, really speak to individual people just depending on what walk of life you come from there's something there for you very well said well thank you guys so much for being on the show today Uh, where can people find you uh, you can find us over on our, our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash cinefanatics. Uh, you can follow us at the cinefanatics on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, me personally, you can find at Robert Adams MLP, Twitter, Instagram, letterbox, also youtube.com slash at Robert Adams MLP. And you can find me at Chris Adams MLP on Twitter, Instagram, and letterbox, as well as twitch.tv slash Chris Adams MLP. Okay, and you can follow me on X at, well, we'll call it Twitter. <laughs> Running Mystical. You can find me on Blue Skype, Running Mar. On Threads and Instagram at Running Blue. And on YouTube at Page Turners They Were Not. And wherever you get your podcasts at Page Turners They Were Not. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. My name is Brennan Mar. That noisy hearing is my ventilator. And thank you for tuning in to The Guests Awakened. Presented by Page Turners, they were not my Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.